Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So, um, as I said, I'm going to be um, at Spirit Rock and uh, teaching on the month-long February retreat. I've taught the 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 center opened in 1998 uh, in the uh, in the summer. So the first February retreat was in '99, and uh, I've been there every year except for one when I was writing the book Awakening Joy. Um, so it's the cornerstone of my whole year, and there's something so special, precious. Um, privileged uh, to support people in their practice for that length of time. I thought I would share some thoughts about why people do intensive practice. Why do you go away for a month or six weeks or three months? You know, it seems like such a bizarre thing to do. Um, First time I told my parents that I was going away for a three-month retreat. That was 1976. They said, oh my goodness, you're really into this? This is, have you joined a cult? And um, I came back, seemed to be in better shape. Uh, The second time I told them I was going, they said, didn't you get it the last time? You got to go again? Um, But little by little, they saw that something good was happening and they stopped pestering me, especially when I was really clear, this is good for me, I need to do this. Um, and sometimes people are in that, in that mode where for a while, for me, those first 10 years, it was more my internal journey was more compelling than my external life. Uh, that, that changes. It's not like you're going to be doing that necessarily for the rest of your life. Um, So, um, you know, don't worry about getting so hooked that you leave your life. But there's something so very profound about doing it that I wanted to share with people. And I know that many people here can't get away for a month. And um, wait a second, there's just a... Oh, I got a message. This coupon, somebody, uh, Daniela, just said she got a message. This coupon is invalid. If that's so, then just go to admin at awakeningjoy.info and uh, and write write to Gretchen. Oops, sorry. I just got a message right in the middle of it, and I don't want people to to be um, stymied when they try to go on. Okay, so just write to um, write to Gretchen at that address, and she'll set you up. Um, so I know that not everybody can uh, can get away, and uh, I don't want this to seem like uh, oh, uh, what's the point of me listening to this? Uh, I can't get away for a month or six weeks or three months. Uh, I I want to the things that I'll be sharing. Tonight, um, apply whether it's a 
a month long or a week long, um, or even at least a, a five-day retreat where you're settling in, uh, and it just gets deeper and deeper in um, in the length of time. Um, so, and if you never get to do a retreat, your daily practice is going to be a very powerful influence in your life. But particularly, I wanted to share about this process and why I do it and why I teach it. Well, I've got to put people on mute. Hold on a second. Um, before I, I begin to share my thoughts, I'm just wondering how many people have done uh, have done retreats, first have done any retreats. Great. Now, how many people, if you've done a retreat of a month or longer, I'm curious, how many people? I know a few, a few hands up there, I see. Okay. Well, I thought maybe before I start talking, if any of you who've done retreats of a month or longer uh, want to share why you do it and what what has happened to you. I have a, a number of thoughts, but I I, I thought I didn't want to I didn't want to just be a soliloquy here. So anybody who feels like uh, like talking, uh, you can raise your hand or just unmute yourself. It's a small enough crowd. Why do you do it? Yeah, Joni. Well, I'm hi, Joni. Good to see you. Yeah, hi. How are you? Yeah, and I celebrated my birthday last year um, on retreat with you mm -hmm. uh, for that month long. And for me, um, the longer retreats take me to a different place in my practice in terms of samadhi, in terms of um, really healing. It, for me, it's been a, a, a path of sort of extended healing, um, changing um, my internal conversations over a sustained period of time where I don't have distractions and things that pull me back into um, patterns that I'm really learning about on the longer retreat and then able to um, keep my focus on those things for a longer period of time. And those experiences have led to some um, insights that have, uh, have lasted over over a longer period of time and actually matthew brensilver this morning was talking about that um at, um insight meditation um center and and just how sometimes when you're in a state of samadhi of, of deep calm that sometimes the insights just go a little deeper um in terms of the the groove that mm. they're creating so that's been my experience and they're hard they're not easy one of my daughters thought I was going to a spa. <laughs> and no, not really like a spa in any way. <laughs> um, 
So it, it's hard. I, I have found them always challenging and deeply rewarding. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much. So you've seen insights and patterns and that have uh, given you a new perspective on things and that have had um, lasting impact as far as how you are in the world. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Just want to say, um, yes, this is, this can be work and, and it can be hard. It's not always hard. Uh, it's not that it's going to be it's generally not bliss the whole time. My first retreat, it was mostly my first three month retreat was uh, by and large, quite wholesome states. It was amazing. Uh, they weren't all like that, but they can be, you can do a retreat where you're just kind of not fighting and it's just okay. And may little by little, it becomes um, less of a struggle. That's one of the big things, learning not to struggle. But um, thank you. You start seeing things in a new way that have a lasting impact. Thank you. Any other comments from people who've done a longer retreat? You can unmute yourself. Okay, then I'll uh, I'll jump in. <clears throat> so it's unlike any uh, any journey that uh, that we can make. It's a journey inward, and it's true that for most everybody, at least the beginning of a retreat is not easy. Uh, what gets easier is knowing that there is a natural settling in period. And people find a lot of value even on doing a weekend, which has its own arc. But really, it takes about three days for most people to just land in the present moment. And the beginning, there is um, there's sleepiness, there's restlessness, there's aches in the body because it's not used to sitting still for all that time, and there's a busy mind. Those things are pretty common to most everybody. What is easier is that you know, okay, this is part of the package. It's like going on a fast, you know, and you, the first couple of days, it's kind of, you're kind of grumpy and, you know, everything, all the food looks good around you. But then as you kind of, as you're, the body is an amazing human organism is amazing. It just kind of adapts and starts to find its rhythm. And once you settle into starting to be here and get through the sleepiness and the restlessness, it's actually possible to start having moments of mindfulness. It's not just a good idea, you know, maybe in your daily sitting, maybe when you sat this evening, you know, you were here for 
10% of the time, 20% of the time, you know, if you, if you were fortunate, maybe you were here for 40% of the time, you know, who knows, or maybe more. But if you keep bringing yourself back in a very kind, loving, persistent way, without struggling and without judging and without thinking you do anything wrong, you're just bringing the puppy dog back, you start to land here in the present moment. And those moments, if you have that kind effort, simply be coming back here without making a fuss when you're not, the puppy learns to stay on the paper and you learn to you start to just be here because the moments of mindfulness build on each other. And when there starts to be a momentum of mindfulness, I think I've mentioned here before, uh, Joseph Goldstein's uh, suggestion, see how many NPMs you can make, noticings per minute, just for fun. And for me, it's gotta be a game because if it's a test, it's a drag. But if it's, oh, let's see how many I can string together. As the mindfulness gets stronger and you see, oh, it's really nice being here in the present moment, or it's really worthwhile. It's not always nice, but it's really worthwhile being here in the present moment. The more, the stronger the mindfulness, the more you see, the more you see, the more interesting everything is. The more interesting it is, the more you want to be here. So it kind of builds on each other. The, the, that's if you have mm, skillful effort. The other side of it is if you don't put in the effort to be mindful, then you don't, things aren't quite as interesting and you get kind of bored. Give me a little juice here. And when you aren't seeing that much, it's not so interesting and you get more bored and frustrated. And then the, the mindfulness is weak and you say, what the heck am I doing here? So it really helps at the beginning to put in your effort to simply come back as best you can. But once that moment, uh, momentum of mindfulness um, develops, things do get interesting on many levels. And one start is that mindfulness creates more space in the mind and in the heart. You know, you're not on your phone and, uh, you know, having a whole lot of stimulation. There's space that gets created. And in that spaciousness, you start to see things more clearly. And what happens in that seeing clearly, first, one thing that often ha it is in effect is that your armoring starts to loosen your armoring between you and the world. And in that loosening, you start to see 
inside the different patterns of mind, the way the mind gets lost, the way the mind gets found, and your protection from seeing all of that stuff, because you're not distracted, um, starts to loosen and you can see you can see the whole show. And by that, I mean, you see your history, you see your patterns of thought, you start to get an inkling about where things come from, oh, and have memories, it's all in there. Not that you're trying to drudge anything up, but it's all in there. And the things that you usually are distracting yourself, that are distracting you from seeing aren't there. And you start to have uh, a whole, hmm, your whole life starts to be seen in a different way. And in the earlier parts of retreat practice, not just in the earlier, it can be later as well, but you see your whole history, you see your family and your family of origin, and you see what somebody said to you in sixth grade that left its mark, or uh, memories that you hadn't thought of for ages are just coming up. And if you can have an allowing space for them to come up without wrestling with them or saying, if only that didn't happen, or why did you are seeing the whole movie of your life? And if you can see it with a loving presence, there's a kind of, like Joni was saying, a kind of healing that comes from that if you can see it with love and see, oh, this is this is the James movie, or this is the Joni movie, you know, and you kind of see the whole thing. Oh, wow, what a trip this has been. And as you see that, there's a saying in mindful self-compassion, uh, name it and you tame it, feel it and you heal it. And there's something very profound about feeling those feelings that hadn't, that hadn't been addressed, if you can feel it with love and with support, and it's good, we give, you, we give people support to go through that process and find the courage to, to be with it. There is a kind of um, transformation that happens and uh, as, as Joni was saying, that uh, it seems to have a deeper impact because of that spaciousness and the armoring down, there's a kind of malleability that happens where understandings land in a, in a much deeper way. And it's like there's more of a chance to uh, to loosen the grip of old patterns. And in that malleability, especially in the context of um, teachings 
that are encouraging you to be um, to find the courage and to make the effort and to be in a refuge with Sangha. Uh, it's an extraordinary environment to um, to do this work, even though there's you're not you're in silence except for the the um, practice discussions that you check in about every uh, every two or three days uh, in that support and that being held in the Dharma you start to hold it all in a very in a very wise powerful compassionate way and when you're quiet enough to see it all and there's no static uh, then you are also learning to be with it all. And this is one of the great gifts of practice. You know, yeah, it's not all pleasant, just like life isn't all pleasant. It's not all unpleasant, just like life isn't unpleasant, all unpleasant. But what happens is you are learning to sit with everything. Like the Buddha, there he was under the Bodhi tree, and Mara would come and try to throw him off his uh, his seat. Who do you think you are? And uh, he'd throw seductive visions of nymphs at the Buddha, desire. And he'd have Mara's army uh, besieging his mind and he'd have doubt come and the buddha would just sit with it all unmoved i can be with this too and this is what you're doing you are sitting or learning to be with it all and there's a tremendous power that comes from that in just learning to be with it all and remembering that everything is impermanent, everything is coming and going, and no matter how mm, unpleasant a moment it might be, oh, this will pass too. And remembering no matter how beautiful and delicious the moment might be, oh, this will pass too. And so you're not trying to make anything happen or get anywhere, you are learning to be with the whole show that's a very profound perspective to go through life because that's one of the main things that carries over oh yeah the highs come and they go the lows come and they go and here i am being with it all and you learn that struggling is extra it's one of my main axioms struggling is extra how can i relate to this moment in a wise way without grasping without pushing away without identifying with your experience oh i'm such an angry person oh i'm i'm a, i'm on my way to sainthood i'm such a wonderful person but just seeing it's all just coming and going and there's an awareness that's knowing it all. 
the awareness of fear is not afraid. The awareness of wanting is not caught in desire. It's all just coming and going and you can be the awareness in which it's all happening and knowing that it's all coming and going and passing. Another way that mindfulness works in a very profound way on a long retreat, I, I've shared this here before, and it's one of the one of the things that I I like to point out in the in the joy course is that mindfulness has the unique property of weakening all the unwholesome states, akusala, like greed, hatred, and delusion, and fear, and all of those, when you bring mindfulness to them, they weaken because they're held in a more spacious um, context. And it also has the capacity to cultivate and strengthen all the wholesome states so that when there's calm and you make it the object, oh, this is calm, not with grasping, but just with enjoying, ah, this is calm, or this is clarity, or this is metta, just arising. When you are mindful, you deepen the grooves and you begin to have that be a new place, a new reference point of well-being, which is available more and more to you outside of retreat. So this is really, it's one way I think of it is a process of making friends with yourself on every level. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, seeing the whole show as you purify through your personal history. And then it gets beyond personal history, which is what is the doorway to liberation. And you start seeing the, in a very profound, more and more profound way, the three characteristics of, of reality. Uh, one of which I just mentioned, that everything changes. When you get everything changes and that becomes your mantra or your lens through which you look through life, when you're out here, then you're not as caught up in thinking that you've gotten stuck and there's no way out or thinking, wow, I finally got my life together. I finally made it. But you just see as a practice, ah, this is the way things are and I can be with this too. Impermanence, the second doorway to enlightenment of these three characteristics 
is the unsatisfactory nature of trying to hold on to that which is changing. Seeing dukkha, that any kind of wanting things to be different is a prescription for suffering. Because everything changes, there's no lasting happiness, but you don't have to suffer when you don't hold on. And you see how holding on is dukkha. And then the third characteristic is anatta, anicca, impermanence, dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, or suffering, and anatta, seeing the selfless nature of reality, that is, seeing you yourself are a changing flow of reality. And there's no, there's no there there. There's no, no place that you can point to in here that is permanent and lasting. You see yourself as a fluid process of thoughts, emotions, sensations, and different realities constantly changing. And when that solidity starts to dissolve, then what naturally results is a connection with all of life around you, with the dance of life around you, because there's not that same separation. And when you see that, that you're part of everything and everything is a part of you, naturally resulting is compassion, is love as the barriers are lifted, is clarity and wisdom because you're willing and interested in seeing these three characteristics and there's peace that you can more and more access and see peace is possible. And when you've touched a place of peace, it becomes your new reference point to home. And what happens, what's happened with me and what happens with so many, with most practitioners who've practiced for for a, a length of time and have done uh, retreats is that even in the middle of a busy life, when you sit, even if your mind is not still, you can touch that place of peace. It's familiar as Ajahn Chah calls it, your true home. And it's not that far away. The more you've developed that connection to home, the more it's available. Then when you do a weekend retreat or a shorter retreat, it's right there after a while. Oh, I know this place. Mm. Let's see if there's anything more I wanna say for now. Yeah, a practice of 
making friends with yourself and as you make friends with yourself you know that Do that dogen uh teaching i love i've shared it here many times before to study buddhism is to study the self that is to practice this is your mind body process that you've been issued to see the nature of reality to study the self is to forget the self that once you see the game for what it really is you're not so self-absorbed and you can let go of the self-improvement project and just see who you are which is your true nature and relax into being more and more and more to forget the self is to be intimate with all things then you feel a connection with every everything and everyone um not all the time but there's that underlying reality not that you like everyone but you can have metta for them or compassion for them and certainly have metta and compassion and appreciation for this body mind called you so maybe i'll stop here for a while uh and see if there's any any questions comments um we can have a a little uh conversation if you have anything that comes up <clears throat> or anything that you want to share of your retreat experience whether or not you've done a, a longer retreat um i'd be interested to hear so you can unmute yourself if you'd like or, or raise your hand yeah john so uh, james i was lucky enough to uh, be on a little short retreat this past wednesday evening to sunday morning mm -hmm. oh great and, it's fresh then right within you it's quite magical and and your kind teachings came to me in many many moments um just just the the half smile um suggestion is very helpful um and the 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 reentry has been I, I wanted to ask both Joni and you about reentry. Mm -hmm. Um because it's it's a little disconcerting, <laughs> disconcerting and I've glommed on to the next stop Dharma. Um some very magical and distressing things happened the first day I was back. It was almost like the first day of retreat is difficult. First day back is, well, I want to say difficult. It's just interesting a different way. And the first day coming back out is also disconcerting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know whether uh, they they gave any preparation for the reentry, um, but the reentry is as important as the, as the going in. Um, well, when I say is as important, it's you're still in the process. And the usual rule of thumb is to 
give yourself as long as you were sitting to go from the slow lane to the the faster lane because everything is moving a lot faster than you are and more than the than trying to be mindful all the time uh remembering um remembering the kindness part and the non-judging part uh, because you're so wide open that you go through energy swings very naturally and along with the energy swings there are mood swings so you know you come out and you say oh i thought i had it together and mm, i'm all over the place so you want to give yourself those days to be very patient and integrate and be very very kind and tell your everyone around you listen be a little bit more patient with me uh, <laughs> and if you can stretch it out beyond those four days or that month or whatever go for it but uh you're sensitive because your armoring isn't completely back it'll come back and it's it's important to have to go through life with that but you're super sensitive so you will you'll see all the stuff that much more apparently in you and in others what i'm finding is it's distressing to find the armoring coming back oh 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 uh, let go. <laughs> it, 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 it is what it is. You, you know, if you fight reality, you're just creating more suffering. Uh, uh. So that, that's the, I'm glad you, 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 you mentioned it. Don't fight what's here. It's the same practices when you're on retreat be with things as they are and bring a kindness and compassion when they're challenging and don't miss them when they're uh, when they're wonderful. The other thing you maybe you're you're still seeing this is maybe you're able to see the goodness around you or see a little bit more of uh, of the miracle in small things. Uh, when you are when you still have that uh, that retreat afterglow so keep on looking for that as well and make it a patience process and a, a, a meta process um, Joni I don't know if you have any any words you want to you want to add about reentry. well I guess I would just say that um when I've sat very long retreats and more than when shorter ones, but I would avoid, um, I would avoid the news, avoid, um, you know, radio news and any kind of, um, technology news. And I would have a, a buddy who would like digest stuff for me and just tell me anything that was really important for me to know. Mm-hmm. And, and sort of, slowly i mean on a long retreat yeah i would take exactly how long the retreat was before i would start even listening to the news or reading anything about the news and just have a yeah i am on a on a social media fast (laughs) right now oh good it's it's, it's, uh, the other thing is i i sometimes 
have a hard time actually um, meditating sometimes after a retreat. And so not worrying about that and just taking the time to sit and just know that it was going to feel very different from being on retreat and that that's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and just be curious about that, how it's different. Yeah. I'm actually going toward the meditation cushions several times a day, just as a life raft. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just something that you just said, Joni, uh, is, is really, I find really valuable um, just being curious and you're checking out not, oh, how is John's reentry going? But you're rather maybe exploring the process of reentry for all of us. This is just your, you know, you're the laboratory. So don't take it personally. Oh, this is how reentry works. Oh, this is what what will support one's reentry the most. And you're just exploring with curiosity. Then there's no failing or frustrating or I'm doing it wrong or I'm doing it right now. You just keep on being interested and everything will unfold. The less you try to mess with the process and the more you can bring compassion and patience, ah, it'll keep on happening. That's life will keep on going on like that. I have one other question. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And that is, um, I'm just blown away by the benevolence and the um, protection offered by teachers, beloved teachers. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, yeah, maybe I just want to say say that. It's deeply... It, it it it's it's just really it's quite quite amazing, and I I hope from a teacher's perspective that it's somehow nurturing as well. Mm. Well, it's clearly armoring is not all back yet, uh, John. Uh, how beautiful. Just let yourself feel your heart is still so open. Just hold it, allow it. I'm going to jump in. John, we love you. And your vulnerability is so beautiful. Thank you. Sorry if this is weird. Hang in there, buddy. I couldn't help. Yeah, you see, just your, your practice touches others just by you being you and you are a beautiful guy i know that but don't underestimate the rippling effect that comes especially with such an open heart because that's what opens and touches others yeah thank you chance as far as teachers you know every teacher up there in the the, the front of the room knows what it's like to be in the hell realms and perhaps a few heaven realms, but is, is sharing out of gratitude. That's, that's why, why teachers teach this stuff 
because it's so transformative and teachers have received from their teachers and want to pass it on and you pass it on as well. So just to see that you're part of a lineage and it doesn't belong to anyone, but when you've been touched by something so beautiful and profound, you want to share it. You want to share the good news. And so just to see uh, that as long as you keep your own practice going, it can't help but ripple out and affect others. So thanks so much for sharing. Glad we caught you at the end of a retreat. Thank you, uh, Daniela, hi, good to see you. Hi, good to be here. Um, John, first, thank you. It was beautiful to hear you. And, and a thought came to me that maybe will sound in the beginning not related, but I think it is related. So um, when COVID started and a lot of the retreats went online, and I was signed up for an inside meditation retreat, and I was so disappointed because it's not the same when you sit at home in front of a Zoom thing. Silence is not really silence because the family and the kids are outside of the room and so on. So it's a very, very different feel. But I did the retreat, the insight retreat, uh, for I think it was five or six days at home. And what I found was there was a very different quality to it that that was exactly what you're saying now was not there. It wasn't the thing that only when I go and I sit somewhere else, I have the transformation and then I go back to life and I had to land. But mm -hmm. it shifted something in, in, in normal day to day because it was at home, because it wasn't complete and just a very, very different thing than anything I've experienced before. It was very profound for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, not everybody can go to Spirit Rock or go away. And um, Zoom retreats, at first, at first I said, I don't know. I don't know if this can really work. But um, they do. They're different. They're not as intensive uh, on Samadhi level. But you're you're learning to be mindful in your home where you're usually, you know, sleepwalking, you know. And so all of a sudden you're brushing your teeth and saying, oh, brushing, brushing. Oh, I'm here for it. Or buttering your, your toast or doing all the ordinary things. All of a sudden when you're in a retreat mode, there's a whole other um clarity of seeing that you don't see it uh normally so i highly recommend zoom retreats and i've done quite a few of them in these years since um so if you can go away great if you can't go away do a retreat online um and if you can't do a retreat online then keep your practice going. And at least as I do my agreement with myself, I'll get into the posture every day, even if it's just for five minutes, um, but keep it going for yourself and everyone else. Any other 
comments, thoughts, reflections are almost out of time. Don't be shy. Going once. Going twice. Hi, James. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kimberly. Hi. Okay. Something that hi. <laughs> um, something that comes up, it, it feels like such a newbie question, but it's not even doing this for a long time, but yet there's still this inner critic that says, Yeah, but like I'm this is escapism or the junk is going to be there when I come back to reality, so to speak, you know, and I'm just, so I, I'm obviously if it comes up, it's something that I'm still, I haven't worked out. I got that, <laughs> but I'm trying not, but I am trying to understand how it's not escapism because obviously I could see what, I felt from John, right? I mean, there's almost nothing more beautiful. I've not seen a baby being born, but, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, but it, it felt that beautiful. I, I don't know. I'm, well, I feel lost at times, James. Okay. What I, the things that I was trying to communicate just now were all the, the ways that it impacts you, not just for those days. Um, you know, one way you can think of it is like this. Uh, a friend once uh, gave a good analogy. Uh, if, you, uh, if you've if you done martial arts, and I have not done martial arts. My son did Aikido when he was very young. But uh, you've probably all seen martial arts somewhere, even in a movie or something like that. And at the beginning, you're practicing those katas, those movements, very diligently and you're you're doing it over and over and over or doing tai chi you're learning the movement and it takes a while to learn the movements but once you really start to master them you know the ultimate example is uh, a martial arts expert can have three people coming at them and <laughs> Because all of the practice that they've done, it's just natural. And so you might think of retreats as this place where you're practicing slowing down so you can make friends with yourself, so you can learn to be with everything, so you can learn for yourself to see impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and selflessness. And so that carries out into the world and you find yourself more trusting, more patient, a bit kinder, a bit friendlier with yourself. And those things, people around you start to notice instead of, oh, why is this happening? If you have some a bit of equanimity or a bit of trust. That's what happened with my parents. But after the, after the, the second three-month retreat, 
They're saying, well, I don't know, I don't understand it, but something good is happening. Okay. And that's that's how it affects. It's from the inside out. Uh, so just notice those thoughts and don't believe them because it's you doing your practice and putting in your time that the transformation will happen. Okay. Okay. Uh, time to end. It's just nine o'clock. I want to share with you one of my favorite of all texts, teachings about this process of awakening. It's just kind of coming through. If you can stay for one more moment from Shanti Deva, he says, as a blind person feels upon finding a pearl in a dustbin, so am I amazed by the miracle of awakening rising in my consciousness. It is the nectar of immortality that delivers us from death. The treasure that lifts us above poverty into the wealth of giving to life. The tree that gives shade to us when we roam about scorched by life. The bridge that takes us across the stormy river of life. The cool moon of compassion that calms our mind when it is agitated. The sun that dispels darkness. The butter made from the milk of kindness by churning it with the Dharma. It is a feast of joy to which all are invited. So I invite us all to keep this journey going. And we can end by dedicating our time here together. <clears throat> May it benefit us and ripple out to everyone we know <clears throat> and be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all know true inner well-being and peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.